Welcome to Metal Vice, a podcast where we talk about all things music. Well, the things we care about, which is mainly live music and metal music. Today's episode, where we're going to talk about Karen, and I'm your host, Brian, joined with your other host, Karen. Karen. Uh, forgot that little bit this time, but whatever. What are we talking about today, Karen? We're going to talk about the, our awesome trip to Iowa City to see our friend's band play. Yeah. Yeah. So we went back to Iowa City. I really love this city, Iowa City. It's one of the few places that I think I've lived while I lived there. And we didn't necessarily live in Iowa City, right? We live North Liberty, which is like a, a I don't know if they call them what they're. Bedroom community. Bedroom community, right. Yeah. Fucking hated it there. Yeah. Because it's a bedroom community. There's nothing there because you can drive to Iowa City. You can drive to Coralville and have everything you want within a 20, 30 minute drive. Yeah. Which isn't like a normal 20, 30 minute drive. It's 20, 30 minutes in traffic going through. On a good day, you can get there in like 10 without traffic. Yeah, it's not that bad. But I have always loved Iowa City. It's such a great town. And we went to Grand Rapids earlier this year for the first time. Grand Rapids to me has a very, very similar vibe to Iowa City. And we loved Grand Rapids when we were there. Yeah, I like both of them. But like Iowa City, we've lived there, so... Well, lived around there, so we knew we know where everything is and know how to get around and everything, so it's nicer. Right. And so we went back to see primarily our friend Jerry Noto play in a in his band, um, Thrash of the Titans. They are a tribute band to the big four. So that's Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, and of course Metallica. You know, the bands that make up the big four. And they're a tribute band to them. We've known Jerry for a very, very long time. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out. It's like 2005-ish. I would say four or five. Four or definitely five, in yeah. There, yeah. I yeah. was definitely in high school. I graduated in 06. So. Did he live in Iowa when we started dating? I was trying to figure that See, out. See, I can't remember either. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't know. But <clears throat> we went to go see them. They played October 8th, 2022. That was a Saturday night at Gabe's Iowa City. Um, a small little hole-in-the-wall bar in Iowa City, you know. A lot of them are small hole-in-the-walls, but there's also some big, massive, because it's a college town, right? Yeah. Uh, this was just a normal-sized hole-in-the-wall type bar. Yeah. And it is, so the venue location is downtown, but it's off of the Ped Mall, just a few blocks. So it's not quite in that area of bars where all the bars are. Yep. But it's just like two blocks away from not even two blocks, just one block from one block oh, right. south of Englart. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's on Gilbert and Washington. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's Englart, yeah. one block south. <laughs> well, I south know. meaning down, not like a cardinal direction. My south. Yeah, it would be east of Englart. Because there's a hill and you walk down and down is south. So, <laughs> But it is one. Th- so, sorry. One thing like in... We don't need GPS when we go back here because we lived here, which is really nice. But one thing I realized is I don't know the street names in Iowa City. I just know how to get places. Yeah, that's true. I know Dubuque Street because that was the road we rode down from North Liberty. Yeah, yeah. But we don't, I mean, like, I don't know how to get to Dubuque Street. Like, if I was trying to explain to somebody, like, oh, you go to, like, Iowa, Dubuque, like, I don't know those roads. And, like, I know Gilbert because that's the one that goes, like, south. But otherwise, I I don't know any of the street names. Uh, here in Chicago, like, I'm pretty good with street names and pretty good with 
giving directions using street names. But in Iowa City, it's like, oh, you go to Englert and then you turn east or you turn right and you walk one block. Yeah, and that's that's my type of directions is landmark and buildings to me are landmarks, right? Like, yeah. they're things that aren't changing. Anglart is not fucking changing in Iowa City, so to me that's like zero zero of the graph, and then from there I can get wherever I want. But <laughs> you say we don't need GPS when we're back in Iowa City, and I a hundred percent agree. If we're driving around, we don't need, and even downtown we kind of don't need GPS yeah. except for this time. Finding Gabe's, we actually had to use it to find where it was. Because, go ahead, I'll let you tell the story. Oh, all I was going to say is um, I thought it was a different venue that we had walked past already. I bet I was looking for the Gabe's sign. Um, Because we didn't do the bars when we were in Iowa City at all. So, like, we walked around the Ped Mall. I know the area pretty well and stuff. I don't know the bars. So, the venue that I thought it was wasn't it. So, then that's where... It's like, well, let's look it up and see where it is. And then and then I was like, oh, it's that one down by Gilbert. Yeah, I remember walking around, and I know the exact same bar you were. Mm-hmm. And we walked by it later that evening. It started with an M, I want to say. No. It, I, I don't, don't know. It's, it's on the street that uh, Van Allen Hall's on, I think. Yep. Yeah, across um, the street from that. Last time we were in Iowa, they had like a band playing inside that sounded really good. Yeah. Uh, more bluesy, I think. Um, but yeah, that's the one I thought it was at too. And then we walked past that. We missed it all together and like, well, maybe it's over here. So we walked down a little bit and then we started going down a different street, like one block over from whatever street that one is on the other side of Van Allen Hall. And I knew there were a couple bars and a couple restaurants down there that I had been to with work and whatnot. I was like, oh, it's at that place. But no, once again, we went back towards the Ped Mall, back towards Englart, um, <laughs> wherever. And see, this is it. We're going by shops and locations, yeah. right? Because it's the corner, whatever corner. Um, uh, a car is on. That's the same street that Van Allen Hall faces, right? Yeah. So it's that one. And you go to that corner, and then you're walking. Back toward our hotel, which South. is Hotel Vitro, which is also um, where Englard is. And we're walking that direction. And then we get to Englard and turn left. Oh, okay. So okay. we're basically making a giant loop back down yeah. to that street until we find Gabe's. And that's where it was. And, yeah, I completely did not think it was down there. I was thinking the first location you thought and then another one closer to Van Allen Hall and that, like, side street. Just there, I know there's a couple small ball, small bars, or there were at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if we knew the bar scene better in Iowa City, we would have oh, known exactly sure. where it was. So. For sure. And Gabe's has been there for fucking ever, apparently. Uh, yeah. So I didn't know that. Um, we'll get into that, too. But, yeah, so point two, that was that was the venue, Gabe's. Um, openers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck this name up, and I'm so sorry. Rithik? Reddick. Reddick. R-E-T-H-E-K. Reddick. Reddick. I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Reddick. Um, I get how you get the, like, that TH sound in there because. you Yeah, it's yeah. the with a K. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Anywho, Reddick. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I like this name. Wongzilla's Zombie Experience. <laughs> Wongzilla being 
the front man of this particular band. We paid $10 ahead of time with $3.06 in tax. Um, we, we went through the line, the front door line to get in, and there were a bunch of kids in front of us, and I think they were paying what was 15. the price? 15 right. $15. $15 at the door. So not bad. 10 bucks ahead of time with $3.06 in fees. Yeah, we saved $1.94. What is that? That's still 30% tax and fees, right? Yeah. But I'm guessing the vast majority of that is a tax more than a fee. And it could be a, because I think you bought them on like a service. So it could be the services fee. Yeah, it was like a, a service, like an Eventbrite type service, right? Like very doing small venue type stuff. Um, and you're right. That could just be a fee for using their service, which still not bad. I Like I said, I would bet, venture to bet most of that is city tax and, and state tax and whatnot. Possibly. Which is I mean, they bad. don't have city tax there. Okay. Yeah. I thought Iowa City did, or maybe I was thinking. No, but. so Iowa does it by county. So they have oh. a county tax, but it's not a, they don't have a city tax. Gotcha. But still, not bad for a show. 1306 per ticket, or 15 at the door. <laughs> I did notice, and I kind of smiled when this was going on. The kids in front of us, everyone he asked, are you over 21 or under 21? And then they would say, under 21. Okay, give me your, give me your, uh, the backs of your hands, and you put a big X on both. Yeah, like both huge X um, marker. Yeah, and I, you're used to that. Like I've been to shows where they do that. Like it's for the bartenders. These people are clearly minors. I, it just made me smile that <laughs> that he's like, I, I trust you. Are you over or under twenty one? I'm sure if they said I'm over twenty one. He'd been like, Can I see your ID? Yes, that's what I was getting to exactly because he would have done that. And it's more like, I'm not going to look at your ID if you're just going to straight up admit you're not yeah. drinking. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah. I hate trying to find those fucking data births. That's kind of his vibe of like how I took the vibe of his voice too. Like. Right. And I think I'm sure if you're doing a door in Iowa City, you're going to be able to recognize. You know who kids. should be or shouldn't be drinking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I also noticed beforehand, before we went to the show, I was at the other bar and they had like a mirror behind the bar like a lot of places do. And sort of in the frame of the bar were a bunch of IDs. Oh. My assumption is those are fake IDs they confiscated. Probably. So it's it's clearly they check IDs. They're looking for folks. I just thought it was funny that it's like, let's not waste my time. Are you drinking or not drinking? Yeah. I'm not drinking. All right. Here's an X. So I'm sure if I, I, he didn't card me, but I'm over 21, clearly. Like, yeah, we're clearly I don't over. look like I'm 12. Yeah. Um, and we were upstairs the whole time. And yes, we were <laughs> but upstairs. But that, that's a different, um, yeah, we'll get to that. But I, yeah, and I didn't see him. So I was like, all right, he doesn't know that we've been here before. Um, but then doesn't card me. And when I go to do my tickets, I have my ticket pulled up my phone. He's got a sheet of paper pulled out. Yeah. What's my last name? Give him my last name and just scratch my and scratch her name off and put it on. So it's kind of cool that I didn't have to like show the actual ticket and scan it. And I've seen this paper method used before. It's, it's, it's effective. Like it yeah. works. Um, just kind of cool all together. And then we kind of made our way upstairs, but that was a long story to talk about the at door price. The main thing I thought was funny, like I said, was the whole, don't waste my fucking time. Do you yeah. want an extra or not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's yeah. back up a little bit. Yeah, let's back up a little bit. Yeah, let's back up to Friday and Saturday morning. So 
the main reason we came back was 100% to see our friend Jerry at this show. While we lived in Iowa City, one of my favorite things to do, especially in the fall and winter months, was go watch the Iowa hockey college hockey team play play hockey. <laughs> That's a lot of hockeys, but like that was my one of my favorite things to do, right? It was and you were still in school, we weren't making a whole lot of money, right? And so like the name of the game was find cheap or free entertainment. And the hockey was both. Like it was cheap and free because it was at the Coral Ridge Mall where they have an ice rink. And so this is a college hockey team, but it's not like a sponsored sport by the college. It's a club team. Um, so it's just a bunch of kids who play hockey, want to get together and play hockey together, essentially. Well, it's like a, it's, it's a, yeah. I mean, it, it is a real team. Right? Yeah. And it's like, you're making it seem like it's just a bunch of friends that got together to play hockey. They which, have coaches, they have yes, staff. It's a club. It's a club. It's, it's a real team but they're not funded I mean, that's right they're thing. not funded by the university yes. exactly right yes. so everything they get from like boosters are just people donating or their own money right yeah no how it, you said that was yeah like oh just a bunch of kids that got together to play hockey no in some extents it is but at the same time they have some adult supervision along with them yeah and it's an actual club and they actually have like tournament or like they actually have like Oh, yeah, it's a whole thing. I mean, yeah, it's not just a bunch of kids that got together playing no, hockey. No, it's not. And one of my good friends right now is from a school, and they had a club team, and he was their goalie, and had a blast doing it. And, like, we were watching it. So <laughs> that was the thing, right? Luckily, luckily enough, they were having hockey the same weekend. Like, they alternate weekends, or they're not always in Iowa City. And so... It's like, oh shit, let's double up. We get to see our our friend Jerry play and we get to go watch some hockey, like relive some of these moments and like some of my best times in Iowa. We're just sitting there watching or Iowa City sitting there watching like this team play. Um so I was super excited. We went, like you said, they play Friday night, Saturday night, or Friday and Saturday. They used to play when I when we lived there, two games Friday, two games Saturday. They had two teams. Now it's just one. And yeah, we went. Got, we were able to get there Friday night at like eight o'clock at night was when the game started, or eight thirty ish, whenever it officially started or eventually started. And then early Saturday morning, so we got to be able. Not to, early. It, it was, was ten forty five. That's early. Yeah. For me, I don't know. That's that seems early. I don't. Know. Anywho, it was almost noon, so it's not that early. Yeah. All right. Um. But no, it was. It was a lot of fun to double up. Like, I love this city. It's so much fun. It's so awesome just to, like, I don't know. I, I love Iowa City. The vibe, the, uh, it's all great. And then getting to see the hockey team again, relive some of those moments, and then get to see a friend play in his band at a bar that, like, we've never seen, at this club we've never seen. I was... I was so excited for this entire weekend, all of it together, and this was a great weekend. Like, for, I guess, spoilers, fucking awesome weekend. I had a great time all yeah. around. Yeah, I, and like we said, the reason we came was for our friend, mm-hmm. Mr. Jerry Noto. Um, Mr. Jerry. Mr. Jerry Noto. Mr. Ger- Gerald Noto. Gerald, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, uh, a guy we've known 
since you mentioned it, we were in high school. Um, I don't know exactly when, but we were young. Yeah, and I think he's like three years older than me. So like we're all around, roughly around the same. He's only one year older than you. Maybe he is. I don't know. I think he's only one year older than you. Maybe. Anywho, I mean, even three years. Like we're all roughly around the same age. You know, living life the same, like experiencing things the same. So, and and I met Jerry right around the peak of my getting into metal, getting into hard rock music. Um, and definitely had a big influence on, on me growing up. And he's been in a few bands. We've seen, I've seen at least one other band he was in. Yeah, I remember seeing, going somewhere and seeing him play um, before. And yeah, he's he's jumped around there and we've always thought he was like fucking fantastic at guitar. Like his his favorite band is definitely Megadeth and that that's a lot of his influence whatsoever. Like just Megadeth and that whole genre and, and thrash as a whole like has been a big influence on him and once again, you know, rubbed up on us and been a big influence on I can't speak for you but for me for sure. Oh, yeah. I may remember uh, when we were kids and well, I'm saying kids when we were younger. Um and all of us just riding around in um, our friend's car and listening to music and doing what kids do. And, I mean, that was part of it, so. Yeah, and those were a lot of fun times for me, right? Like, driving around the car, just listening to music, and we were all into the same things. Not just music, like video games and nerd culture and geek culture and whatnot. Like, more some of our friend group more than others and some not. Um like into comic books and whatnot, but like we all had the same, same sort of vibe, same sort of interest. And and we all just kind of grew apart as we got older. And that's, it's one thing, it's one of the things I look back on, like all my friend groups growing up and whatnot. And it always sort of follows that same path of, Hey, we're super, super close. Like we're best friends. And we did everything together. Exactly. We'll do everything together. And then we all just sort of drift apart and do our own things and then form new friend groups. And it's the same th- sort of thing again. And then that friend group sort of falls apart. And I always look back on that and I'm a little disappointed in life that like I never kept some of those friendships going long term. Like they've had Jerry's had a huge impact on my life and all of us, Jake, Kyle, Jerry, you like everybody in that at that time i'm included you'll be included now yay um like such a huge impact and then we all just sort of drift apart so i've not i have not stayed very close to jerry i don't think i've even messaged him on facebook or anything in fucking years you messaged him and a few times right like when his other band put out a CD, I think it was Savage Dawn. Savage Dawn, yeah. A uh, Savage Dawn put out a album, and he sent you a copy of yeah, that, yeah, or sent yeah. us a copy of that. Yeah. Um, that was recent. I mean, that was just a few years ago. Yeah. Or twenty twenty. That happened in twenty twenty. And then we were back in Iowa earlier this summer. It had nothing to do, so we just reached out to Jerry through you. And yeah, hung I out, just happened to message him. Hung out with him and his significant other Darla, and like. That was my first time meeting her, and I knew she had been a big part of his life, I think too. we met her before. Like, we all, like, we're just not putting it together because it was so long ago. Maybe. Yeah. I don't remember it, but maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it was one of those friendships, like I said, that we've drifted apart. Yeah. And 
we get back together and it's just picking up old conversations that's, from where we left off. That's exactly how I feel too, is like, even though we hadn't seen each other for probably eight or 10 years, like I felt like we like went into their home and it was like, we had never, you know, we did the whole catch up thing. Like, Oh, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? But then it's like, we're just the same people. And that's how this trip or this time seeing them as well. is just like, we do this all the time, even though we haven't seen them for so long. I mean, we saw them earlier this summer, but I mean, it was like 10 years that we hadn't seen them. And it was just like, this is what we do. We, we're friends. Like, it's one of those friendships that just has, it's there, even though we, we didn't work on it, but it was still there. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, and before that, he had been in Thrash of the Titans. He had been playing a few gigs before that, but like when we met them earlier this summer. Um, and it was one of those things. It's like, you guys got to come out and see me. And like, we'll do it. We'll do it. He was actually closer to Chicago. Yeah. Oh, what? A few weeks ago? Yeah, we were. We had another concert, though. I can't remember. Yeah, we had something else going on. It's like, fuck, that would have been awesome to see. Yeah. And then they were like, well, we're also going to be in Iowa City. And like we said, Fucking love Iowa City. I think when you told me that, I was like, really? You know what would be really cool? That's, what? well, well, when when is it? What's the date? Oh, it's like early October or late September, something like that. Oh, shit. That's about the time hockey starts. You know what would be really cool? Like, we didn't know the hockey schedule, so it was like just awesome that it all lined up, that we got to do all of it. Um, but like I said, the primary reason was going back to see Jerry and... So we missed that one in Davenport. Yeah, I think or they were Quad Cities Dubuque. Quad Cities. Yeah. Oh, they were just in Dubuque, um, like last week or a couple weeks. Oh. See, I think it was we're the Dubuque this. one. But we weren't gonna go to that one. We were gonna go when they were in Rock Island. Rock Island. Rock yes. Island, because yes. that's actually in Illinois. Yeah, yeah. But we had a different show. That might have been Lamb of God. It may have been. When we were in Green Bay and stuff. Yeah, yep. Yeah. 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 But Point is, they've been around a few times. We just couldn't like like make it work. It's in Iowa City. We love that city, and it's on a free weekend that we can actually make work. Like, let's do this. If it was in Des Moines and we can make it work, we probably would have been going to Des Moines. Yeah, and we almost did. Yeah, that was um, early in the summer too, and we yeah. just couldn't make it work. Right? There well, was like was, something going on. We didn't have anything that weekend, but it was literally the first weekend in like seven or eight weeks that we didn't have something. Oh, so we were like. Let's not do it. We'll catch another show. Because didn't we have like the next week also was yeah. like a pickup of another long spirit of doing yes. a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily we didn't try to go because that was the week we oh, had COVID. Oh shit. That was COVID, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the, our break, oh, break yes. week, whatever you want to call it, the break week was thankfully we had nothing planned that week because we had COVID. And we would have had to cancel anyway, right? We would have. Yeah. I, that's what I'm... Um, I even told Darla that I was, I said, I was like, I'm so glad that we didn't commit to going um, earlier this summer when they were in Des Moines because we would have had to cancel everything. Right. And that would have just been more of a disappointment, more of a hassle. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, it sucks. It took so long to get to see him, but we got to see him. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I just thought we needed to bring, bring that up because like the whole reason we were there was to support Jerry. And the band, but primarily, like, we're going to come to support Jerry. We love Jerry, and if he's in the band, he obviously loves you guys. So we're here to support you, too. So Yeah. 
So I have I had talked to you in the past, half joking and half not joking, about wanting to be a roadie. Like, I low-key love watching the roadies work in between sets. It's organized chaos, right? It's the set gets over, the band waves, they throw their shit out in the crowd, they say thank you, they might take a photo, they might not, whatever, right? The band says thank you, they get off stage. And then all of a sudden this swarm of people descend onto the stage and start unplugging everything, packing everything up, and they do it so quick and efficiently. Like, there has to be some sort of logic, right, to all the cables get undone first and put in this box because not only do you have to pack it all up, you are not have to put it into a trailer to drive to the next city and then be unpacked in such a way that you can get it in and out as fast as you can and get the thing set up as fast as you can. And I've always thought like that would just be a fun thing to be a part of. Like my task is unplug all the cables. My task is X, right? So watching, watching this at concerts, I've jokingly told you like if I didn't have to worry about paying bills or living, you know, a particular lifestyle or whatnot, like I would, love to just do this for a summer just travel city to city doing this and i think you may have told jerry that as well on my behalf no so you said i can't remember how the conversation started but it was a few weeks ago and you were like hey like let jerry know that we'll be there so if he needs help like i can help him so then I jokingly, well, not jokingly, but I messaged Jerry and I said, hey, Brian wants to be a roadie for a day. Or I don't know what I said, but basically like, hey, Brian's willing to help if you want help. And um, I was like, he's always wanted to be a roadie. Like, so that was where the joke came gotcha, in. Gotcha. It's like kind of putting together that you have made the comment in the past that you want to be a roadie. Hey, we know a band. Like, you want to be a roadie, so let me message Jerry. Yeah, and I don't know. So we ended up doing that, right? Um, I think they got to town a little after 3, maybe like 3, 10, 3, 20, whatever, a little after 3. The story, Well, and I think they might have been there for a while. I don't think so. Oh, really? Because, I mean, they had just started unpacking oh, shit okay. from the trailer. Okay. Um. So... A little after three, they get their doors open seven. Seven, yeah. And gig started at eight. Yep. So five hours before, no, four hours before the doors even open, they get yeah. there. Parked in the alley behind the, the place. Uh, have their like little SUV thing pulling a small little U-Haul trailer. And it's open by the time we turn the corner to help. And it's just packed to the brim full of shit meet jerry give him a hugs you know do our like hellos and all that shit and then he's like yeah so you want to help him yeah let's let's go with it let's help he's like all right let's go over here we just need to grab grab these boxes and that's all it was it was pick up a box and walk up these stairs to the venue floor and place them down in front of the stage or place them on the stage and like we said they were headlining right so we were the only ones there. Like we walk into this this venue hall, 
there were some tables set up, some chairs slipped on the tables, lights, all the lights were on, and just one other person up there, just this woman, like, back at the bar. Wasn't sure what, if she was, like, a bartender, like, what, why she was there type thing. Talks to a few band members, and we just repeat the thing, right? We go down, pick up, go down, pick up, go down, pick up. And then once we get everything up there, people just jump on the stage and start start setting things up. Um, you had joined us upstairs by this time, right? Yeah, Darwin and I just watched you guys walk back and forth for a long time <laughs> and just chatting and talking. Um, and then once you guys were done, we walked up the stairs. Um, but, yeah, so we just continued talking in the on the side while you guys all worked. But Yeah, and I think, so I... I got done. All the band members jump on stage or start opening up all these boxes. Um, I think Eric, the other drummer, or oh, sorry, sorry, guitarist. the other guitarist. Um, the other drummer, the yeah, two drums. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Eric, the other guitarist, um, basically said like, hey, these are the dead boxes or the dead container or dead whatever, right? These are dead. They go back... Uh, all the way in the back to the right. And I was like, oh, all right. Start following someone, and then we start seeing stuff set up. And this same woman is back there by the bar that I talked about earlier. She's like, oh, yep, they just go all the way over there. You can push them all the way here. Uh, there's a couple, like, chairs. You can put light stuff on there. Okay. And just go back. Back to this. And now, so it's bring everything up to the stage. Unload the boxes. Now take the boxes, like the guitar cases, back to now sit in storage. This is a small venue too, yeah, right? very small. We had just been to like a bar club in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, this is bigger than that was. It was. I, I, you yeah. said that earlier and I would kind of agree now that we talk about it more. Yeah. Uh, and we, and I think during that show we mentioned. Um, the TVs on this side. Well, the TVs and just the cases in general, right? Oh, I didn't see cases. All I saw was the TV boxes. Oh, the TV boxes. Yeah. I yeah. didn't say anything else. I felt like there were, maybe there wasn't, maybe it was just the case, but I felt like there was a lot more, but still it was on the floor next to the crowd. And we thought that was so weird to like, oh shit, you're just putting your shit here. But also there's no room. So where else are you going to put it? Um, so just kind of do that a few times, right? They take the guitars out, they put them in their stands, go back, take the guitars out, put them in their stands, take the boxes back. So just helping them out doing that. So I wasn't a true roadie per se of like jumping up there, plugging the cables in, testing everything. Like, you know, you have, depending on the size of the band, you have your guitar techs, your drum techs, your person who's doing um, the plugs, plugging all that and doing sound checks. They might be double duting things, right? Back and forth doing multiple things. There was also another man on the stage helping the lead singer, Matt, right? Yeah, Matt. The lead singer, Matt, hang up the banner behind the stage. Uh, <laughs> I never got his real name. All I know him as is Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo. And I had no clue who this guy was also. Like, I, I, when I see a band and, like, yeah, when I see a band, I start counting members, right? And I was like, all right, you're having at least one guitar, at least one drummer, one singer. Possibly not even... Like, you'll have double duty. So we've seen a band of two, 68, right? It is a guitar and a drum. But 
Now you get guitar, drum, singer. All right. Let's throw a bass in there. Okay. And a second guitar. So five-ish, four to five is what I expect for most bands. So I'm counting here and we have Jerry or Gerald, uh, Matt, Eric, Jordan, Greg. Greg. Jordan, Greg. So five. All right. That's that's where I'd want. And now there's another guy, Yo-Yo, up there on stage also. I was like, all right, so I don't see two drum kits. I don't see enough guitars. I don't see another bass. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Two singers? No, that's not very thrash metal. Also, it's a thrash metal band, right? So you're not going to have all that kind of shit going on. So I was, I was like, who is this Yo-Yo guy? What's he doing? Later found out the other woman that we saw in the bar was a sound engineer. So she's running around telling them like where they can set their kits up, where they can plug their stuff into. I have no clue what any of this stuff means that they're saying about like set your drum kit up here because the other band will be here. I get that. But like you need to plug your stuff into here, 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 here. Like I don't understand that 100%. Um, but it was all about when she goes back to her panel, how she can like do her measurements and make sure that they sound good for what they are doing, what sound they're looking for. And then Yo-Yo is doing uh, additional lights and additional sound effects and additional effects, right? Like they had a smoke machine that Yo-Yo controlled and he was just sitting there on the side of the stage doing that. So I don't know. That was, that was kind of cool for me to realize that as well. Yeah. Uh, And all their shit seemed, I don't say homemade, but like, their smoke machine definitely had it was like PVC pipes typed into a machine so they can control where it went. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to see all that setup. We we had never been on that side of the setup, right? Right. I was gonna say that. Just I mean, I was just standing back watching and talking to Darla, but um, we've never seen that aspect of a band. Um, obviously, we've seen like the techs and everybody come up and set things up like in between sets and stuff, but we've never seen from complete beginning and end of a set like all the work that goes into setting everything up and obviously these guys don't have they had you to help um run things but otherwise like they don't have like jerry doesn't have a guitar tech he is his guitar tech you know he he has to set everything up he has to get everything where he can hear the sound and um tuned and everything like that and same with all the other guys in the band um and then obviously, just like any other band, they all had their jobs. Like Matt was Matt and Yo-Yo were doing the banner while they were setting everything up. Because what's Matt have to do? I mean, plug in the <laughs> mic. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and, and that kind of goes into it, right? You have to get the banner because the banner sits behind the drums. So mm-hmm. there's there's that order of operations. Like certain things have to go in certain places at yeah. certain times. Um, and <laughs> even Matt made that same joke, right? Of like. I'm the singer. I have the worst job <laughs> of all of them. Oh, I didn't hear him say that. But. Or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just making that joke. Like, like poking fun of himself. Like, I, I plugged my mic in. That counts, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I I don't know. We both had this conversation. Like, that we never put two and two together. That, like, a drum kit has to be set up from nothing to the whole thing. Like, I mean, we've seen it where... They've wheeled it in on a, like, you know, a cart or whatever, you know, whatever they wheel them in on so that they could set them, like, they're already set up on the in the back and you have to, they just wheel them onto the stage. We've seen that happen, but we've never seen it from 
oh, here's all the stands that the drums go on to. Here's, I don't, I don't even know all the terminology, but like putting it all together. Yeah, that is insane. Like Greg's drum kit was fucking huge. Yeah. And yeah, we've never seen it. It makes sense now that we think about it. I mean, it has to be set up somewhere. They're not going to put that on a truck. You just pre-set up. Yeah. Just sitting there with the cymbals dinging around. <laughs> Next time we see Jerry's band, they'll be like, they'll have two U-Hauls, one with the drum kit. And Already one. put together. <laughs> Craig's going to be like, I'm not doing this anymore. And yeah, but like we've never thought about that. You have to take each symbol off. Yeah. And then there's a case for the symbols. I carried that fucking case. It's so goddamn heavy. Oh, I'm sure. I yeah. did not think it'd be heavy. I was yeah. like, this is... This is I little... remember from marching band, just the little ones that you used oh, to march for real? Band, they're, they're heavy, too. I just assumed it was like an aluminum can, is no, what I assumed they were. No. I did not assume it was like this thick as fuck metal. Yeah, no, it's like... I don't know, like, my whole thing was just... It was amazing. I don't know. Obviously, it makes sense. Like, we probably sound dumb saying this, but like... It makes sense. You have to set everything up from scratch. But as a concert goer and not somebody who's involved in that, like you don't put all that stuff together. It's just get on the fucking stage and perform for me. That's all I want. Like you don't think of the back end side of how long this takes to put together. <clears throat> so I do remember this is a memory I have from early on going to live shows that and I guess it's not even that vivid, right? Like, I, the headliner always has their drum kit set yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I kind of sort of remember, and this could be wrong, but I kind of sort of remember the roadies carrying on the drum kit piece by piece. Really? Before, like, your opener was there. You tear their shit down. Was it? Would this be, like, ballet or something? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I guess I never really watched them. Um, I, like I said, I've been, always yeah. been fascinated with it. So I kind of somewhat remember them like the openers was set up, right? The headliner was set up. So it's that middle band that you have to worry about. So the opener gets done. They tear their shit down piece by piece. You go in, you grab where the stand holding the cymbal, carry that off. Then you have somebody carrying the kick drum off and the snare drum and all that stuff off piece by piece. Um, and then... I always thought bringing it back on piece by piece for the next band, the middle band, but maybe that was set up too. And I just forgot, but I kind of remember going back to concerts around 2016. So we took like a nine year, five year, seven year, some, some number between four and 20 year break. I think it was like seven years that we didn't see a concert, which falls between four and 20. So I was right. I mean, cause I said one in a hundred and I still would have been right. Cause seven falls between one and 100. Any hoodles. Any hoodles. Um, <laughs> uh, I remember going back to concerts and being like, the crowd looks very cramped because everything for all the bands when you first got there were on the stage. Yeah. And then I was like, this seems very cramped. And then the first band gets off and no longer are they carrying things off piece by piece, but they have these like flat carts or dolly type things and they just like wheel it out pick the entire drum kit up or they pick it up in sections and then wheel it off stage. Yeah. And I was like, always like, huh, how the fuck did nobody think about this before now? <laughs> like I didn't think about it. No. Like we worked at a grocery store and they used dollies to bring all their shit around. Right. And I was like, 
just do the same thing with your drums. It gets it on so much quicker and faster. Um, That was just one thought in my head. It's like light bulb, like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing anybody came up with. And in my head, I was like, there's one roadie on some random ass second, like second band, like on the bill band that did it. And then all of a sudden there's like a top notch band watching them like, huh, that motherfucker is a little smart. I'm going to hire that guy. Again, one of those things that, like, to me, that's how drums always were. Always assembled, and then on either dollies or before that, piece by piece. But no, it, you're right. That's not how it came, and I've never thought about it, and it's so blatantly obvi- obviously, like, of course, that's how it comes. Yeah. I mean, even thinking, oh, you mentioned 68, but, I mean, we should have put two and two together, because, like, even 68, like, tears apart their drum kit as they're leaving. Yes, but piece by piece again. It's not like we're going to undo a symbol. That's true. That's right? true. Yeah. It is just like taking apart the piece or not taking apart, but moving the pieces apart from each other. Yep. Yeah. So not only then do you have to reassemble everything and there's so much fucking shit to reassemble. You now have to put it in its right spot. It yep. needs to be this many inches from like, and, and they're not doing it like with, measuring sticks right now it's all by feel like uh, this is how this should be and it's the individual musicians doing this so greg is sitting here on the ground putting his fucking drum kit together which is 10 million goddamn pieces then you have it'd be so funny at the end if he's like where's the screw go (laughs) (laughs) i have one extra (laughs) i think he has a pretty good idea where everything goes i'm sure he does i he i I never talked to him about it, but I'm pretty sure he knows exactly what he's doing. I did have a similar thought, though, of like, I wonder if these have like A and A. So he knows that this symbol <laughs> goes to the A I stand up. So, I mean, this is a little bit later on, but like I watched the Wangzilla um, guys put together theirs. And it was it like they had like a symbol on there and then like, no, 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 this symbol goes to this one. Oh, or, really? Yeah. So like they were like, so I think it is just. Like, they know by scene, maybe. Like, and it's not like, this is part one, this is part two. Put part one on part two. Also, the stands that hold the symbols are on, like, the tripod legs, right? Yeah. Where the arms can go up and down at varying heights. How do you know where to stop this arm? I know. I thought I saw Wongzilla with, like, um, tape wrapped around there. So, like, I can no longer go below this. I don't think so, because I watched him do the same thing. And, like, he kind of opened one. And then he, like, moved it down and up a little bit, and I didn't see any tape. And I thought the same exact thing. I'm like, how do you know that that's where you need to open that? I did see the other band, um, Reddick, have their head, their amp heads up there, right? Mm-hmm. And they had they had neon tape across the bottom oh. with numbers, and it was each dial on the head was what it should be set at. Oh, so that, like, this man, is, we shouldn't use that. And one of yes, and one of the um, guys carrying it up was like, "Oh, you put numbers on there. That's so smart." So it was like, "Did you guys just come up like, did this click for you a week ago?" Type thing like yeah. the last show. Maybe but, maybe in the last show they had a lot of problems getting like their sound together. So then they were like, "Oh, let's put numbers on there so we know exactly where to put this." We haven't even. We're still in the fucking roadie part of it, and. But like, but that's what it is, right? For these small bands coming up, it's you learn this shit by doing. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, we've kind of talked about this before, where like openers. So even if you're 
going to see like a mainstream band. The openers, a lot of them are doing the shit themselves, like what we saw um, over the weekend. Like, because they don't have the roadies or the techs or whatever to do it. So they do have to, like, they have to know, like, hey, my amp needs to be set at this number or my cymbals have to be this high or whatever the case is because they don't have somebody to do that for them. Right, and it's one of those things you just kind of learn by doing. Yeah. Like yeah. Like we said with Reddick and the, the, the tape on the thing, it's, like you said, maybe the last show they had, there were sound issues or amp issues. And it's like, oh, fuck. And it's always this way with me too at work and probably with you too and anybody with work, right? Where it's, you're troubleshooting an issue, you're working through an issue, and it's always the simplest thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I forgot to flip on on that one switch that one switch is always marked as on i just wasted four fucking hours of my life trying to fix this thing that god damn it i feel so stupid after like i bet it's something like that that you just learn like are you shitting me that's why i sounded like shit is because it was on a (laughs) five instead of a goddamn eight yeah yeah all that to say I, I thought this whole experience was fucking awesome. The pre-show experience was awesome, yeah, right? Yeah. It was so, so cool to see them set up and everything. And I mean, granted, I did nothing. I, I have to say that. I did absolutely nothing. I stood off to the side and watched them do everything. They all knew their jobs. They knew what they needed to do. Um, they're all setting up their own amps, their own guitars. They're tuning their guitars, making sure they sound good to them individually while they're up there. And they kind of get done, and they just step aside and let Greg, let Greg finish. finish building his goddamn <laughs> drum kit. Poor Greg. And then it's like, it was funny because it was like, Jerry's like, well, I, have, I have nothing to do. And Eric and like everybody else is just walking around like, let's go, Greg, let's go. And like, um, It's like we had to get here four hours early <laughs> so Greg could put together his drum kit. But... God damn, it was awesome. And as they're doing this, they're all just joking back and forth with each other and laughing and having a great time. Like, you you can tell, like, the chemistry with these guys was, they were awesome. They are just there to have fun and yeah. chill out and have yeah. a good time. And, like, seeing that, it definitely translates to the stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like, their performance, yeah. Like, we're just friends hanging out, having a good time, and... Fuck it, whatever. Like, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like, <laughs> they make jokes about nothing else matter, and Greg would start playing like nothing else matter. Or not Greg, sorry. Eric would There's start There's only play. five people, Brian. Get them straight. Yeah, I know. My mind's all over the place. I know. I'm just joking. Uh, Greg would start playing nothing else matters. No, Eric. God damn it, again. Greg plays drums. Eric plays guitar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry, Eric. And Greg. And Greg. We but, haven't even mentioned Jordan yet, have God damn we? It. Yes, no, we have. But oh, also, okay. God damn it. Sorry, Jordan. Um, we were there for Jerry. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, like, then he start riffing Nothing Else Matters. And everybody instantly in the band, boo. Like, <laughs> so awesome. And then... Then Matt's like, you should, we should do dancing. And he'd like throw, I can't remember what song he threw out. And it's like, 
Eric is like, uh, I don't think I know that. I think this is how it goes. Jerry's in the back. Jerry's talking to us. Yeah, he's like, oh, I, I know that. I can get that. And then he jumps on stage and starts playing it. And then Matt's just on the ground belting out the lyrics. Yeah. Like, yeah. fucking so awesome that they're just sitting there having a good time together, joking with each other. There were inside jokes, obviously, and, like, somebody would say something, they all start laughing. It was... It was so awesome to see and experience that. I'm so happy we got to do it. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little nervous going into it because, like, yeah, we did say, hey, Jerry, we'll come help you sort of thing. And part of me was like, I don't want to be in their way. Um, I don't know how you felt. No, you 100%. I that. didn't want to be in their way. Yeah. Like, I don't want to feel like, hey, here's this random guy wanting like, to be a roadie. We're here with our along. friend. We want to spend time with our friend. Like, yeah. Now I can say I know the band. Like yeah. I don't want to be that person, right? Yeah. It was more of I want to help Jerry, but at the same time, if I was on the stage, like where's where's this chord go? What are you doing here? Yeah. Like obviously that's gonna be in the way, yeah. and I don't want to be in the way. I don't want to yeah. hinder them at all. Yeah. So part of me when like we said, hey, we'll come see you or whatever. It's like I didn't want to overstep or um, I don't I don't even know another way to say it besides be in their way of putting stuff together and you know like I didn't also I didn't want. Jerry or Darla to be like, oh, well, we have a lot of shit we got to get done, but you're here, so we feel like we have to entertain you, that sort of thing. So I didn't want that to happen. But throughout the whole, I don't feel like that happened, hopefully. I mean, the whole band didn't seem like that that happened. They were joking with you. Like, Jerry was joking. Like, you were carrying a box back, and I think Eric or somebody was trying to give you something. They're like, hey, that's my that's my man or whatever, and... I don't know. It was, I don't feel like we were in the way. I, I definitely had those feelings too, walking up of being like, A, don't want to impose on Jerry and Darla being like, we're here to see you. Now entertain yeah. us. Yeah. Like, no. We're here to support you. You do what you need to do. If we need to fuck off, just say fuck off and we'll yeah. be gone. Yeah, we'll go back to our hotel and we'll come back at same with, Yeah, same with the other band members. Like, if I'm in their way. And that was the other fear too. Like, Jerry's going to be like, oh, no, you're fine. It's cool. Like, super nice guy. Um, but the other fear in the band, like the other band members being like, what the fuck is this asshole doing here? Get rid of him. Like he's just in the way. And I didn't want to be that guy either. I guess that was the other part that I was trying to say is like, we know Jerry and Darla, but we don't know anybody else in the band. So I didn't want them just what you said. I don't want them to think, oh, there's some random ass guys here to be in the way or this couple is just being in the way and they're, right. they're bugging Jerry and we need Jerry to do this thing or whatever. Yeah. So that was definitely a fear of mine as well. And I, I did not get a vibe of I'm pissing anybody off while I was helping out. They were all seemed super nice. So, I mean, I mean on the drive home, they were probably like, Oh yeah. hundred percent on the drive home. Like well, who the fuck is this asshole? Never yeah. again. Yeah. Um, we're not inviting him ever yes. again. <laughs> uh, but like, Even at this point, I was going to say by the end of the night, but no, even at this point, everybody super nice, super chill, just amazing, amazing people all around, like super welcoming, just having a great time amongst themselves. And I, I don't know. It was, it was great to see that from that, from like, from this side of the stage, um, you know, not being in a band and seeing it all from the early, early stages of a show. Granted, this definitely isn't like fucking Romstein where they're showing up oh, three days before. Fuck no, but... but like, now we understand why they had to show up three days before oh, to yeah. put together this shit. So, I mean, 
this is this was a great experience. I loved it. And we'll talk more toward at the end of the show, yeah. like the experience yeah. there. But like up to this point, it was it was a blast. I enjoyed doing it so much. I like I said, I've always from a distance loved watching the roadies work and seeing what they do. Like I said, organized chaos. Um, and it, it, this little experience, yes, it is. And I'm not saying that like, Hey, I'm a fucking roadie. now. I'm not at all. Like this yeah, one I, experience I can, I can, if you need help moving, give me a call. I can do that. That's all this proves is I can carry a box from A to B. That's, that's <laughs> it. You're not taking application or you're not handing out your application to join a band. No, because as soon as like the cord dies, what do I do? I'm lost. I'm like, uh, she tried plugging it in. Like that's that's Did the. Did you go to Best Buy and get a new one? <laughs> but even then, I'm gonna get the wrong cord. And it's gonna be like a cord for like a goddamn electric violin or something. I'm like, no, this isn't this isn't what we need. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was pre-show roadie experience. Um. Let's get into the venue a little bit before we get into the actual show. We we have so far gotten to the venue a little bit, but what what were your thoughts? So I knew it was a bar, and I'm not a very big bar person. So I was a little, not standoffish, that's the wrong word, but I was just like, I don't know what the vibe's going to be, and I didn't know what to expect at all. Um, granted, we had just been to one of these bar venues here in Chicago, so I kind of had that thought in my mind but um this was totally different because the bar is like downstairs or well the main bar is downstairs yeah the main um, bar is downstairs the venue was like on the second floor yeah and so like they had a back patio also that had stairs going up but that was like the back door for right the right that was closed for the venue or for the performance and everything well <laughs> Should have been closed for the performance. Which is where we were bringing our, where we were bringing the shit into. And I think we hung out in the patio a little bit and a couple of band members tried to get up and get in that door and like, no, you have to go around the front. Yeah. yeah. Because they locked it by that time because the door opened. Yeah. The the doors were open. So they locked the, that back patio or the back door. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we use that later on in the evening, but um, for the time that the show's on, you have to go through the front door. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was cool. Like, there's the whole walls are filled with stickers of probably bands and just random people that have been there. There's concert posters from um, bands that have played there that, like, Einstein Kills, who we just saw with Metallica, had played there back in 2019, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, Gosh, I should have wrote down all the other bands. Um, Some were signed, some weren't. Yeah, like, Darla um, said she saw, like, a Nirvana poster yeah i didn't see that one but did you see it i didn't see that either i didn't know if she saw a poster or if it was i don't know if she saw a poster or if it was she had done research ahead of oh time, okay okay um that nirvana had played but yeah like i i heard through her through you through jerry like one of the, <laughs> there's some comment i heard i think from all four of you at one point like nirvana played here um or one i don't know whatever but that's fucking awesome, right? Like, like, like we were saying, this is a really old place. I think they've been around 40, 50 years. Gabe's? Yeah. Let me I want to say 73. Or maybe it was, yeah, I want to say 73. How'd you find that? It was like on a poster I oh. saw in the venue where it was like Gabe's 73 to 
2003 celebration, like happy 30th anniversary or something like that. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, because it's not on their website. So I don't know when they started, but they've been around for fucking ever. Longer than I thought they'd been around for. But yeah, same thing. Same thoughts you had. It was a bar. It seemed sort of like a dive bar, dive-ish yeah, bar. Yeah. A bar I would really enjoy hanging out in. They had like a pool table and normal bar things like downstairs. And- yep. <laughs> they had the, so the Iowa Hawkeyes football team was now playing. Um, and they had the TVs on in the bar. It looked like they had started turning the TV on in the patio for it, but forgot to actually find the game. So that was just like the screensaver. It was, yeah. But the sound was on over the PA system yeah. for the game. Even the TVs in the bar were 10 seconds off of the audio. So the audio was like, and they're on the 24 line. And it's like, but they haven't even snapped the ball yet. They're still in the huddle. And so it was, it was kind of funny. Like, oh, I know I know what this play is going to be. Um, but yeah, even up in the bar, like I said earlier, there were... Up in the venue? Yes, yes, up in the venue on top of the bar. Um, there were just, there were tables on the side. Um, and the chairs, by the time we got up there, were down. And people were sitting and hanging out the tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was kind of weird to have tables in the middle of a concert floor, I thought. I don't know what your thoughts on that were. No, I thought that was weird too. But and it they probably like the, used that venue for more than just concerts. So. Yeah, and it seemed like the, they were attached to the wall. So it's not one of those things you can just pick the tables up yeah, and move. Yeah, yeah, Well, because they had like the standing bar or standing um, oh, they row have a like ledge. along yeah. both sides. So like where you can like, if you're standing, you can put a drink there or whatever. And cut hooks on yep, it. Yep. So then that is, the tables were hooked to that. So, yeah, you can't really, like, move that. You can move the chairs, but you couldn't move the tables. And then a bar straight behind the stage. So center stage, you look straight back. There's a bar. Um, before you get to the bar, there's, like, this little hallway where it has the um, bathrooms on one side. If you're walking to it, it'd be on your right side. On your left side is where merch was set up. So it's really cool that they had, like, a little merch section that the bands could set yeah, up Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And then right when you got past that was the sound engineer. And like I said, she was, so when we were doing like the whole setup early on and they were getting all their stuff, stuff set up, the other bands start to show up as well. Right. And she's back running around all over the place. Like, all right, you're going to telling each band, like set your stuff up here for now. Once we get on stage, we're going to have all you, you set your stuff up here, have this band set their stuff up here doing this, blah, 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 blah. So she's like, she's managing all three bands and we're just sitting here trying to like manage her own shit. Um, well, we're not doing nothing. They're at this point, it. we're not doing nothing, right? And that's well, no- you said we're managing our own shit, and I'm like, you and I. Are doing I, I nothing. see what you're saying, right? I, I yes, exactly. We aren't part of the band. <laughs> but once I found out, like she was a sound sound engineer, I did find that kind of weird that the venue provided the sound engineer. I always assumed the band provided their own because it's like the band knows what they want, but I guess not so much. The venue knows their own equipment, their own setup. And better. the acoustics and everything. And their acoustics, right. Yeah. Which, to that point, I don't know if every venue does that. But if they do, the venues that have fucking shitty sound need to fire their sound engineer then <laughs> and get another person. If they're managing their own. If they're doing their own. Like, if that's a common thing, which maybe it is. Maybe somebody could tell us, like, if that's common or not. 
But if that's the case, like, we've been to a lot of fucking shitty concerts this year just because the sound sucks. A few shitty concerts because the sound sucks. <clears throat> like, And it could be that they just got picked, like, they're short-staffed, right? Like, you get up and you get up there and just learn how to do it by ear. Possibly. And I don't know. I... I mean, I did think the sound here was phenomenal. It was great. I didn't have any issues whatsoever. No, no. So, I mean, granted, it could be that the band does it for other... Could be. ...concerts or other venues or whatever, like, especially if you have, like, an elaborate soundboard or whatever. Yeah. But if it's the case that the venue's doing it, which makes sense, because even when we saw Bloodywood and um, A Killer's Confession in a small bar, like, it sounded great. For a small bar. Yeah, yeah. Like, so maybe these smaller venues do have their own soundboard, and they do it all, or they do it. Yeah. And they know how to do it for their venue versus, like, an arena. Like, maybe each band has their own sound. That, and we also talked about um, the difference between a small bar versus a giant arena, right? Like, you can probably make a small bar sound a lot better than a wide open space. But I don't, I don't know. We don't know that aspect. That would be a cool thing to t- be a roadie for a day as a sound engineer, I think. <laughs> Which, no, no. no. Uh-uh. Because I'm going to, f- I would fuck that shit up. There's so much that goes into that. I took a look at her board. I saw you take a picture of it. So many knobs on that thing. I don't know what any of them do. Like, uh, I, I, that's definitely something that's sort of envious to like look at and be like, this is amazing. Um. Fuck, where were I don't know. <laughs> where were we before that? I don't know. Um, I think we we're just talking about the venue. The venue. I mean yeah, it it was small, larger than Beat Kitchen, but not by much. No, no, not by much. I did look for a occupancy sign, and by look I mean I spent thirty seconds where I was standing scouring and then I gave up and never looked again. Um but I, I did I was curious to see who what was listed? We can probably look it up like a state website or something. I don't know, but anyhow, I'm not gonna do that. No, it's not worth it. <laughs> Small place, super cool. Um, they had like fiber along the top of the oh, walls. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, or ceiling. Yeah, that would like well, yeah, because like no ceiling tiles, but to cover the, like the cords and everything, they yeah. had fiber, which was really cool because it would like light up and like shine down like yeah. twinkling stars. Yeah. Super cool. Um. But yeah, that was the venue. Really cool, very intimate. As we'll find, the sound perfect all night long. Um, so I guess let's get into that then. The bands. Reddick. Reddick. What'd you think? Uh, I liked them a I, lot. I thought they were like, great. So we don't know much about these bands, but um, they're a young band from uh, Des Moines. Like all the, all the bands are from Des Moines. I think so, yeah. yeah Central Iowa. Um, and... Gosh, I don't even remember. Was there five people also? Two, Two guitars, four, five. Yep, yeah, yep, okay. Five. So five people as well. Um, I don't know how they did it because, like we said, Jerry's band, or like Thrash of the Titans had all their shit up on the stage, and they had to put all their shit up on the stage. And, I mean, it had to be so cramped, but they did it. They were phenomenal. I mean, they weren't able to move around much. but <clears throat> yeah. Like you said, they had to put all their shit on stage, but not only them. Wongzilla was the next opener yeah. after them, and they had their shit on first, 
before that. I don't think all the drum kits were up there, though. Oh, maybe. I like, w- we didn't watch, because you ended up talking to that other guy, but we didn't end up watching them, but I don't think their drum kit was up there. Maybe not. Okay. Yeah. There was still a lot of shit on that yeah. stage. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was very cramped stage that had much room to move, but god damn, they had some energy. Yeah. Yeah. And the singer does, I don't know, I like singers like this, where he can melodically sing, but then he also can... Like, do the growls, and I just, I don't know, there's something about that that I really get into, like, the music, that kind of music. Um, the I mean, they sounded phenomenal. Like, all their, we've been to some where, like, the openers kind of do their own thing, um, and, wh- but I mean, what I mean, they do their own thing. Like, the guitarist plays their part, the bass plays their part, the drum plays their part, and it doesn't really come together. Everybody's just up there playing their own music it yes. sounds just like a bunch of noise yeah and yeah. it's not like a cohesive sound right right and this was co- i mean phenomenal like there's their sound was phenomenal um one little complaint that i had was their ending of their songs is just blunt like, oh like we're done playing and i even i mean granted we don't know their music so maybe you know if we knew their music more it would make more sense but it was even like they would stop and then the crowd would like cheer and scream and stuff and it wasn't like people knew that they were ending like there's no drown out of the guitar or you know like sometimes songs like they're done but like the guitar will just like the fade out the fade out yeah um they didn't do any of that it was just like we're done see (laughs) and i've known people who are absolutely opposed to the fade out oh really they hate the fade out because it's like just end your song I can see both sides. I'm, I'm saying that was my only little teeny tiny complaint, if I even had one. And it's really not a complaint. At it's that just, point, it's like nitpicking and bullshit. Uh, exactly. Exactly. It's like there's nothing to complain about. So yep. it's like I feel like some sometimes when we talk, like all we do is complain about the band. And we're like, God damn, my face sucks. Like the sounds was horrible. They're, you know, the guitarist was doing their own thing. You know, like they all this stuff. And. I can't even do that with the with Reddick. Like, right. I really liked him. And yeah, no, I I agree. The sound was awesome. the The energy of the band I thought was awesome. Yeah. Like, and, and we didn't sit there to see them set up. Also, like once we got our like once Jerry got his stuff set up and we were free to go, we went and got dinner. Um, I did notice we were free to go. We were, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was free to go. My contract was over. Um. <laughs> I did notice, like, all the people bringing up their drum kits and whatnot were these young kids. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, that was one shock to me when they took the stage. I was like, you look nothing like the people bringing the drum kit up. I expect you to be, like, 12. And, like, these were some older gentlemen. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the, I think the kids that were helping them were just helping them. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, it was awesome. The set was awesome. I liked the music. If I had to pick out one of their songs, like if you just play me a song, I wouldn't be able to do it today. Oh, no, no. But yeah. it's definitely a band I would definitely check out again. Yeah, it, yeah. They were great. Yeah. Um, I know you're excited for the second, or you were excited for the second one. Yeah, so Wonkzilla's Zombie Experience. This is a band that is a... <gasps> a band? Yeah, a band. <laughs> That's a tribute band to Rob Zombie and... That includes White Zombie, Rob Zombie, you know, all that fun shit. Can I have a confession? What's that? I didn't realize White Zombie and Rob Zombie were like the same 
Really? I didn't until this night. Oh, all right. Yeah. I always thought it was like two different. It's two different bands. Rob Zombie was in White Zombie. Yeah, yeah I got that. And but I didn't know up. that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, I honestly yeah. didn't. Interesting. Yeah. Not, I mean, yeah. Okay. So, all right. I, I mean, I always thought it was two separate entities. No correlation. Even though they sound a lot alike. And yeah, I didn't put those two together. Gotcha. <laughs> no, it, I mean, and even when you go to see a Rob Zombie show, you see some, you hear some white zombie, like his old yeah, stuff as well. Yeah. Um, I was excited about this. I, I really like Rob Zombie a lot and therefore white zombie as well. And it's October. And it's fucking October. Like it's spooky month and spooky month is like typo negative. Rob Zombie, Doom Metal. I say Doom Metal because I don't know a whole lot of other Doom Metal. <laughs> um, Opeth could be in there as well. Some progressive death metal, what, whatever the fuck you want to classify them. That tribal bullshit we found. Oh, yeah. That's fucking going on. On Halloween while we eat candy. Yeah, 100%. And then Really sc- loud and make the neighbors think that we're having like, a ritual. <laughs> and then scary... Fucking movies and Rob Zombie makes scary fucking movies, right? So, yeah, it's the perfect time of year to see this kind of music. All year is time, good time to see this music. But Wongzilla, they come out dressed as you would expect. The lead singer looks like a Rob Zombie, right? They got the dreadlocks, got their long beard, wearing the cowboy hat. But then you have, I want to say, the the basis was dressed as the, yeah, the as the clown, yeah, the clown from like House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, yeah. And then I can't remember the other, the guitar player what he was dressed as. Uh, he had a red coat with a white face. But anywho, they're like spooky looking motherfuckers, right? The light is all black light for most of the show. So you like to me once again, Halloween is like. Haunted houses with, and Rob Zombie too, by extension. Haunted houses with um, black lights going on, which also reminds me of spin, like old, old Spencer gifts where it's dark with black lights on everything to make the neon like pop. And that's what was going on here. It was so fucking awesome to see. Like, <laughs> I remember them setting up the stage and overhearing, uh, Somebody talked to Jerry. I don't know who. I think it was a member of his band. Come up and say something along the lines of, if they have a stage presence and they're not even on stage, like just all their props they were saying, they had these like um, lithograph, like screen print things that were hanging up with like horror movie scenes. Their amps had like covers on them that looked fucking awesome. Yeah. Like their amps looked sweet as fuck. Um, and Jerry like even went up and like touched it like what, what's going on with your amp here like the stage set up once again the energy of the band like it was I had so much fun watching these guys I don't know about you no I thought I mean I thought it was great like even the energy the sound how they played their instruments like if you didn't know you were at a tribute band it sounded like you were listening to Rob Zombie. Like, I thought, anyways. 
somebody else might be able to nitpick and be like, oh, no, this guitar sounded a little bit different or this drum was off a little the bit. The vocals or aren't 100% because that's not Rob Zombie. I mean, I even thought he sounded like him. I did, too. Like, I mean. And even not, if he doesn't sound 100% like him, whatever. Yeah, it's a tribute band. It's not Rob Zombie singing. Like, you paid ten, fifteen dollars You didn't pay $90 to see Rob Zombie, so. Yeah, and that's that's a very good point, right? You paid 15 fucking bucks to see this. And not that's not to like belittle Longzilla by oh, any no, means, no. right? It's like you paid fifteen bucks. You be happy with what you get. It's not that at all. No, it's no. I paid fifteen bucks for this. That's it. That's what I thought because I thought that it sounded amazing. Like I think I even said like when we walked to the back when Darla went back to the merch, and I was like, if I didn't know that. I was, you know, at Gabe's in Iowa City, I would have thought that I was listening to Rob Zombie. Even if I could tell, even the slightest bit difference between Wongzilla and Rob Zombie. I I think I mentioned this to you. Rob Zombie comes to town, in quotes, right? Comes to town. He he plays at Tinley Park. At least he has last time. And that may be the time before. I don't know. But... He plays at Tinley Park, and we've talked about that venue. We fucking hate Tinley Park with the passion to the point where if a band's coming to Tinley Park, we'll look into goddamn Milwaukee yeah, to see if they're going to yeah. be there at a we'll, real goddamn venue. We'll fly to Denver to see a show right. before we go to Tinley Park. So, like, and I want to be like, that's not to be little Tinley Park, but it is, right? I get, especially for people who living in the burbs, why Tinley Park is better than Chicago. I understand yeah, that. Yeah. At the same time as somebody who lives in Chicago, God damn it, fucking come to Chicago. We have venues here, large ones. That are better. Yes. So, God damn it. Even goddamn fucking Arlington, not Arlington Heights. Um, Rosemont? Rosemont is a better venue than fucking Tinley Park. All that to say, I think that's like my new... Catchphrase. All that to say, I say that a lot. I've realized this last couple episodes. Any hoodles? Any hoodles? That's another one. Any hoodles? All that to say, any hoodles? Um, if if Rob Zombie came to Tinley Park in the same goddamn day, Wongzilla's in town. I'm going to see Wongzilla. Oh, me too. A hundred times Before over. Before going out to Tinley Park. Now, if Rob Zombie's here in the city, sorry, Wongzilla, I'm going to see Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah. But. I'm I'm just as happy to fucking see Wongzilla than I am to see Rob Zombie. Yeah. Even if Rob Zombie's not in town, Wongzilla's in town, let's go fucking check out Wongzilla. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a kick-ass name to say, Wongzilla. And also, great fucking performance, guys. Like, that shit kicked ass. I, I had yeah. such a great time. I was 100% I'm happy with it. Like, And I don't know, I mean, I know... Rob Zombie songs, but you know, like there's only a few of the hand or handful that we listen to a lot. Um, I I will come. I guess one complaint I would have is a, was a lot of old school zombie. But I think that was the whole point. I think so too. But at the yeah. same time, Dead City Radio is fucking awesome. I love yeah. that. I think. I mean, I think we're that's all fucking thing. in the UFO. Like, <laughs> I agree. There was a point where Rob Zombie dipped off, but like those two tracks, newer. 
<laughs> those are two of my favorites. And yeah. I would love to see them. I think that's the thing is like I know the newer stuff and I think that's why I didn't make the connection of White Zombie and Rob Zombie, but um yeah. I mean very very phenomenal. Yeah. I was so happy. <clears throat> um yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I can't even nitpick anything. I can't even say that, like with Reddick, I was like, "Oh, there any other songs were a little off." Yeah. Like I can't even find anything to nitpick. Yeah, I mean, so we're going into this right, Reddick, Wongzilla, and we're already like, "Fuck, this is awesome." Yeah. This is before seeing. We definitely got our money's worth already. Like just with Reddick. The only fucking reason we came. Was for Jerry. And I had yeah. no idea there was an opener. I didn't assume there was openers at all. Yeah. I knew Wong's, um, Wongzilla was going to be there because I knew that it was like a zombie. Oh, right. You told zombie, me that. Or yeah, Re- yeah. Rob Zombie um, tribute. Um, I didn't know Reddick was going to be there. Um, that was a surprise to me. So I didn't know. Before we get into Thrash of the Titans and Jerry and... Oh, so it's not Jerry's band? It's not Jerry's band. It's Thrash of the Titans. No, I know. Um... We're sorry to all the other band members that we call it Jerry's band. Well, we used to. I don't know if we will anymore. Yeah, we'll see Thrash of the Titans going forward. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, there's two things I want to cover real okay. quick. Um, one thing I noticed in between Reddick and Wonkzilla, uh, there were, I think you briefly mentioned earlier about me talking to a rant, like some, some guy uh, while yeah. they're setting up. Um, happens from time to time at, at a show, right? The guy we were talking to, I can't remember his name, but he's in another band also from Iowa. I think it's St. October. St. October, yeah. Um, which I was like, oh, well, it's October. I'm going to say October. I thought that was the name, say oh, October. Oh, you thought it was say yeah. October. But no, it's like Saint, as in like Saint, like God, like whatever, right? Um. I was like, oh, he, but then he described it. He's like, it's typo negative, doom metal. Still fucking fits well with St. October, like October theme, right? Doom metal, like that's October. Um, turns out this band, St. October, is opening for Wednesday 13 in Chicago. In West Chicago. In West Chicago, yes. Yes. Still Chicago. More Chicago than Rosemont, right? Like it's actually Chicago. No. Oh, so it's like a West Burb. It's a it's a suburb. I think it's south of Chicago. Wait, wait. Is the name actually West Chicago? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like they're in West Chicago, as in like the west no, side of Chicago. No, like West Chicago, Illinois. Gotcha. I said Illinois. Illinois. It's Illinois, not Des Moines. So, oh no, it's it's way west. It's west past Donner's Grove. I don't even know where this is. Oh, but Darnus Grove's like way the fuck out there. Wheaton. Carol Street. Oh, it's, Wheaton. Wheaton's where we rode in from. Yeah, the first time we yeah. ever came to Chicago. Yeah, it's a long. I mean, it's past Naperville. It's, it's way out there. Okay. Anywho. Yeah. Doles. <laughs> um, Any hoodles. Uh, still, Wednesday 13's a pretty fucking big band. Yeah. Um, So like the small ass band from Chicago's opening for them. is the From first, Des Moines. Des Moines, yeah. Yeah, not Chicago. God damn it. I fucked that up. Sorry, yeah. guys. Um, yeah, this small band from Des Moines opening for Wednesday 13. We've seen him live. He puts on a fucking awesome show. 
Um, it's Halloween. This would be fucking amazing to see. Only problem is it's the same night as Trivium. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, we already yeah. have tickets to Trivium. And it's over an hour to get there. Is it? Hour and 13 minutes. I still kind of really want to. I, I would. If we had nothing going on, I would still petition hard to go to that show, I think. Yeah. It we sound, would probably make it work. It was, sounds like a lot of fun. Um, but that's what I want to talk about. One, The first thing is, here's this other band from Chicago. From Des Moines. God damn it. Here's this other band from Des Moines coming to check out other bands. And they're sitting around, all the members, chatting with each other, having a good time. They all know who each other are. Like, Eric came up to Jerry and was like, did you see who was here? That's so-and-so from uh, St. October. Um, And same thing after Wonkzilla got off. They stuck around and listened. Like, it's such a small-knit community. Yeah. yeah. This, like, these, I don't want to say small bands, but, like, these, and, and maybe it, it I don't want to say trickle up either, but maybe it's always this way in all of music. Is maybe. Yeah. These bands know each other. They're always on tour together. They're always going to see each other, supporting each other. Like, it was so awesome to see and experience that and just be like, and experience it, quotes again, from the outside of just like overhearing people talk and like the respect they all have for each other. Yeah. Yeah. So fucking awesome. Well, the singer for um, Reddick um, was by us during uh, Wonkzilla. And then I saw him a little bit again during. Uh, Thrash of the Titans, so. And they're all at their own merch tables, selling their own, you know, their own merch, and still sitting there and enjoying the show and having a good time themselves. Like, I, it it made me smile to think about that, that bands aren't just cynical. Like, they suck. They don't, they don't sound like I want them to sound. Like, it's. Yeah, I was kind of not worried about that, but. Reddick is a younger band, um, and then both, it seemed like Wongzilla and Thrash of the Titans are older men, established, you know, that are still playing music, because that's what they love to do. Um, and I was kind of, I mean, I don't know these guys, I don't know if they all know each other, I don't know, but, like, I was kind of like, oh, you know, is, is Reddick going to be like, oh, we should be the headliners, not these old men, or, you know, like, that sort of thing, which... Obviously, they didn't, but I kind of had that thought when we were all standing there before, like when um, Thrash of the Titans was going doing their sound check, and like everybody else was just standing there waiting, putting their, um, I almost said shit together, uh, <laughs> putting their drum kits together. Um, like, I kind of had that thought of like, are they going to, you know, like, what do they think being the opener for Thrash of the Titans? Like, you know. Yeah, I had that same thought of like, oh, we have to open for these guys for real. We're better than them, but no. Yeah. And still, I saw Jordan carrying drum pieces up for the other bands. Like, he's not in your band, and he's still helping you like yeah. carry your shit up. Like, these guys are fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, it is a big community. So, and it's something that we haven't been able to see because we've never been on the front side of it yeah. like that. So, like you said, like it's probably happening everywhere. We just don't. You just don't see it. See it. And you see bands come up and they're like, thanks so-and-so is the opener. Thanks to the head, like they're not the headliner. Thank the headliner for having us. The headliner comes out. What'd you guys think of these openers? I always viewed that as free applause. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. 
if you're not here to see me, you're here to see them, and you're just going to cheer them on because you love them. So, like, I always viewed that as, and it's same thing as, welcome to, hey, Chicago, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. Like, free applause. You know you're going to applause when you do that shit. But maybe not. Maybe it really is genuine. Like, give it up for these guys. Yeah, like, thank you for having us on your tour. Yeah. Thank you for being on my tour. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing the stage with me tonight and giving everything you have to the crowd. Because that's what another commonality between all of them is they just want to put on the greatest show that they can at that moment. Yeah. And yeah, I guess I had a sour, um, not sour um, taste, but like always thought that band member or bands were like, we're better than them. We should, I mean, obviously there's tips yeah. in bands, but I remember going to open air and it was oh, yes. Marilyn Manson and Five Finger. And Marilyn Manson was just shit. Like he was so pissed and probably drunk or whatever. But um, his his set definitely was affected. Yes, yeah. So he was the third. Uh, he was on the headlining stage, but he was the third. I don't even know how to say that. The third from the top. Um, yeah, I don't know how that. Yeah, I don't work. know how that works at festivals. But you're not the third opener because that would be like to me that's the bottom. Yeah, third from yeah, bottom. yeah. But they're third from the top. And I don't yeah. know how many people were before. Um, but it went Marilyn Manson, Five Finger, and then not sure who the was it Slipknot. It might have been because was Mar- that Sunday? Manson was on the same tour as Slipknot yeah. at the time. Yeah, so it would have been Marilyn, Five Finger, and then Slipknot. Um, and like Marilyn, I mean Marilyn Manson's set was uh, affected by whatever had happened, um, and I like. And then um, Five Figure co- comes out, and the singer's like, oh, well, we got the better set time. Like, our lawyers are better, yes. you know, sort of thing. <laughs> so I always had this assumption that bands just don't like each other. or And maybe there are two. I mean, I know that there are two oh, between ban- bands. But, like, I just always had this assumption of, like, you know, everybody mm. thinks that they're the best and that they should have the best set times and the best – or the longest set and like all this stuff. And what we saw on Saturday night was not like that. No, and it's really, when you're saying all that, I, I thought about it. It's like, it's really like any job, right? You're at a job with a hundred employees. You get along with 98 of the employees, right? Oh, I get along with two. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but still, right? I know what you mean. And even though you get along with 98 of them, five of them are your closest friends. Yeah. Then the other 93, you're like, they're cool. But the two that are left over, fuck them. They are yeah. the worst people ever. I, I can see it being like that. So Yeah, I know what you mean, but yeah. But I'm always shocked extreme. when I go to these industries like this. And I went to like a few beer events and like helped set up during that. And it was the same thing there of like the other brewers. I'm struggling to make this type of beer. I keep doing it and it comes off wrong. Oh, well, did you try this? Says a different brewery, a head brewer at a different brewery. And I was always shocked, like, that's your competition. Why are you helping them? And same thing with music. Like, that's your competition. Why are you helping them? But it's not. It's I think it's the same thing in the brewery industry as it is in music. It's They're not my competition. I'm helping them improve, who will then help me improve, which will then improve the community which will then it's like a cyclical cycle and it's yeah. it's just so humbling and amazing to see that as a whole. So that was the one thing I wanted to talk about. The second tangent. Oh my gosh. This is, 
<laughs> the second tangent is I didn't think we'd have enough to cover for this podcast for this particular episode. Seriously? No, I did not. Go We've in, been like, recording for an hour and 43 minutes. Yeah. I didn't think. What do you think we we're going to talk about? I thought it would be like 10 minutes about the show and then the bulk of the show would be about this covers and how awesome I think covers are and how I love covers. But we had a conversation early in the evening that what's the difference between a cover band and a tribute band, right? And what was laid out is like covers are down here. Then you have tributes that are slightly better, that they're not just covering. I guess I get that argument, but another part of me is... It's still just a cover of a song, but I guess a cover is tweaked a little differently. I think it was actually explained that cover bands do like one hit wonders from, not one hit wonders, that's wrong, but like the most popular song from multiple bands where a tribute band is actually like getting into the soul of the music and like playing the music the way that the band would. That's how it was explained. Maybe. I mean, I get that. How did you think it was? I mean, no, I mean, I, I get that argument. I do. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I mean, everybody could have their own definition as well. No, 100%. So. 100%. The, I mean, Disturbed does a cover on every album they do, except for this new one probably apparently doesn't have a cover. No, but they're not a cover band. But still, who cares? It's a cover. Metallica did I think a, a cover. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and Metallica also did a whole cover album where it, it's taking the song and making it your own. I So, okay, I get that. I guess I guess I buy that argument. It's taking a song and making it your own or tweaking it a little bit to sound a little bit different. Where what you were saying, that a tribute band isn't tweaking the song. They want to stay as authentic to the original band as you can. Yeah. So, okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. So they are different. I, I Even coming into this podcast, I was like, they're the same thing. But no, I'll buy that argument 100%. Yeah, so Thrash of the Titans then is a definitely tribute band. Yes. Um, Not a cover band, tribute band. I get the difference now. 100% I get it. And without doubt, they are a tribute band to the big four. Just like Wongzilla is a tribute band to Rob Zombie. Thrash of the Titans is a tribute band to the big four. Um, I We were standing back before the concert even started, standing back by the merch booth talking with Darla, um, and I wanted to go up to the stage. I wanted to get a picture because, like you said, it was cramped as fuck up there. So I just wanted to sh- get a picture of the stage and how full it was with all this shit on it. See, so yeah, I wanted to get a picture of all that and just see how cramped it was and where, like, like it filled up quick with all the equipment from all the bands up there, or most of the bands, right? We don't know if all the drum kits were up there or not, but still, like, awesome to see. I, I just wanted to get a picture of that. And while I'm doing that, Eric walks up and just starts talking to me. And we start talking about... Um, I honestly don't know how the fuck we got talking about it, but eventually we... And started talking about how, yeah, they're they're a tribute band. They want to come out here, and Eric's like, "We want to give the kids, we want to give these people a show. The people who haven't seen 
the big four in the eighties in that club feel that they had seen. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's really right. Because we're not fucking seeing Slayer again. They're retired. They're not coming back unless they do like, we're doing a reunion tour. Their farewell five fucking years long tour. <laughs> five years later, our final tour. Like they're They'll not. They'll do it again. You think so? Yeah. I don't. I don't think. They were. They already did like a farewell tour like many years ago and then they did another oh, one. Oh, did they really? Yeah, they just did one. Yeah. I know they just did one. Yeah. People were joking about that, that they just did one oh. and then they did another one. So. I don't mean, I don't know. I don't see them. Maybe I'm wrong. I was gonna. I was gonna say I don't see them being like Motley Crue coming back every five years to do tour, but maybe they will. I don't know. I'm just going off what other people have said. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but still, then if that's the case, if they don't come back again, the best way you're going to see this music is at like a tribute show like this. Well, what about Anthrax? So you do have Anthrax still playing. You do have or Iron Maiden. Not sorry. God damn it! I did that again. Uh, you do have Megadeth. You do have Metallica still playing, still touring. Eventually, they'll retire. Retire. And the only way you'll see stuff like this is in a setting like... Uh, see songs like this is in a setting like this, right? So, yeah, that that was my thought when we, you know, sitting there talking to Eric. It's like, I've, I've never looked at it in that light of giving back and giving the kids and giving people who haven't experienced this something, something to experience. Like we've never experienced it. We're never going to see Metallica in that small of a venue again. Unless like, they make it to the Metro next time they go to the Metro. <laughs> they came, yeah, they, they're two <laughs> secret shows at the Metro and someplace in uh, San Fran, right? Where they, that was like a, a small intimate show, but that's not likely to happen again. Or if it is, very, very unlikely that we make it. Um, so, is I'm not saying these guys are anthrax. Like, there's no substitution for anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer. There's no substitution. They are who they are. They play their music. They're fucking awesome. They're amazing. If you get to see them, go fucking see them. However, as a tribute band, I did feel like they brought they brought it when they came out on stage and they fucking killed it when they did. I, don't I would know. agree. Yeah. I would agree. Okay. Um, and, and, and they came out and they started playing Anthrax tracks. Yeah. And I'm not very familiar with Anthrax music. Honestly, I'm not either. Um, I do understand they are the big four. They're in the big four. They, I do believe they've earned that spot. However, of the big four, they're definitely my least favorite. Least listen to. Least that's a better way to put yeah. it. Least listen yeah. to. Yes. Yeah. I do like their music. I do, and I've listened to it, and I enjoy it. But it's not one of the things I listen to that often. Yeah. Like it's, um. So they played four songs of Anthrax. Is that right? So yeah, and we also knew that because we talked to. We don't like knowing the set list before going into it because we like to experience it. But we, you also mentioned this a few weeks ago. You're like, <laughs> I, I, heard, I remember this conversation. You're like, they probably play about four songs from each band. And I was like, no. No fucking way they do that. A, that's a lot of songs. That's math, 16 songs. 
not many headliners at actual shows play 16 songs. If they do, it's it's low double digits. That's pretty high double digits, I think. Um, also, this band, this tribute band, clearly gravitates towards the thrash, the early '80s to mid '80s music. Um, Megadeth, you can go later because I don't think they ever really changed their sound. They've always been thrash and always been that way. So you get '80s to fucking today. Um, And those songs are long back then, right? Like you're looking at five to eight minute length songs. Oh, yeah, at least. So if you play four from every song, every band, sorry, four from every band, you're looking at what, like a two hour set? Yeah. There's no way they're putting on a two hour set with fucking openers. But it turns out I may have been wrong. Maybe. Because they played what? They played... Four from Anthrax, Megadeth, and Slayer, and then five from Metallica. Four and a half to five, yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, so it was an hour, two hours. Yeah. An hour a, and, yeah, like an hour and 55 minutes. Two hour set. Yeah. So A, you were right. They played four from every song, this conversation we had like a few weeks ago. I assume they would, because otherwise, like, what do you do? Play one Anthrax, one, like, you kind of have to make it. Even you, some way. You have to, right? And you can't just do three songs because they have so many great songs. It's like... And and Matt brought that up too, right? He's like, there's so many... Fu-, during the Megadust set, Like, there's so many good songs from all these bands. How the fuck do you do it? I'll tell you how. A goddamn medley. And that's what they did for Megadeth. They just did like a little bit of a medley there for all their songs, for a few songs. And it flowed really well. But yeah, you were right. It was four songs... Two hours long, and they kicked off with fucking anthrax. And then from that, they went into to Megadeth. To Megadeth, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how they figured that out, like if how they were gonna go from anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, and the Metallica. But um, yeah, I think it flowed really well between even the bands. And obviously, they weren't like, oh, these four from. Anthrax, these four from Megadeth. Like, <clears throat> they did have kind of, you know, like, um, Matt had comments to say or whatever. And then for Megadeth, he comes out with the mask. Um, what What's the... I don't honestly don't know what their mascot is. But okay. it's the same thing as Iron Maiden, right? Where they have a mascot for every album. And it's the same thing. The, the mascot is on all of the, like, the tracks and whatnot. But yeah, he came out wearing that mask for our or for Megadeth's uh, mascot, wearing that, which was fucking awesome to see. Yeah, I just counted. They actually did five Slayer songs too. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. I guess I miscounted when we were at the concert. So, but yeah. And and there was a bit of an intermission, right? Oh yeah, between Megadeth and Slayer, they were like, and "Hey, five minutes, we'll be back." And then it was like, we'll be back with Slayer songs. Yeah, yeah. So there was that little transition between each one, but it wasn't like, okay, kids, we're going to listen to some Anthrax now. Definitely not for Anthrax to Megadeth, but after Megadeth, between there was definitely a transition between Slayer and Metallica. There was. But not like you said, like, okay, 
That was awesome. Anthrax kicked ass. Here's some Megadeth. That was awesome. What do you think of Megadeth? You would also like Slayer. Like yeah. there wasn't. Yeah, that. yeah. It, Matt did a really good job of flowing it all together and not having it be like hard stop. We're done with Anthrax. Okay, now we're on to Megadeth. Like it. I mean, obviously after Megadeth and Slayer, they did do a break, but <clears throat> which makes sense because they were going hard. They were. They were fucking drenched from all of it. Like, if you think about the bands playing these songs, like, they might play three or four songs, and then they all go to the back, and maybe just the bassist is playing, or just the guitarist is playing, or who, whatever it is. I know um, Metallica does bass solos. But, um, and then they come out with, like, new t-shirts on, and, you know, ready to go for the next couple songs, you know, five songs or six songs or whatever it is. So it's like, even musicians that do this every single night have to take breaks so that that's a good point too the clothing right is bringing the shit in they all had their own show clothes like performance clothes another thing i didn't anticipate right i just assumed well jared wore the same thing he wore a different shirt no you had the metallica shirt on oh yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, jared did sorry jared Uh, jared i thought you said gerald (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, but like, uh, Greg, the drummer, like had drumming shoes. I think they were um, just vans, like the classic black and white checkered vans. Jerry had a different shirt and crystal white fucking shoes on. <laughs> um, it was, I don't know. It Another thing, it's like, I just assumed bands showed up with whatever they're wearing that day and just fucking jammed out with Whatever you have on. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then that was an interesting. And um, uh, Eric changed his shirt, I noticed. And Matt had his battle vest on, which was thrash metal bands. Yeah. That was all really up. Cool. The fucking spikes on the shoulders. The shoulder pads were spikes. Well, then he had the logo. The Thrash of the, the thrash Titans th- logo. Yeah. Th- well, it's not the Thrash of the Titans logo, but he had like a back patch of Thrash of the Titans with a head of. Which is like an X and then a symbol for each one. Yeah, yeah. That was so cool. Fucking awesome. Guys, make a patch of that. Make a back patch of that. Whatever you want. Sell that at your merch. That would fucking sell. Put it on a t-shirt. Oh, shit. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that was another thing you mentioned, like clothing and whatnot about that. And I did. That was a unique thing. Like, I never thought about also like, oh, they do change their clothes. Huh? Weird. Yeah. Well, so when Jerry came out and or we were talking to him after he had changed and he had a testament shirt on and earlier in the day eric had a testament shirt on and then i was like are you guys all gonna switch well no like in my mind i didn't say this to him but in my mind i'm like are you all just gonna wear testament shirts like is that your thing like you know some bands have a thing that they wear but no eric changed his shirt too so they both didn't have testament shirts on when they played but yeah i mean I the let's break it down like two sets right you had um anthrax megadeth I thought that was awesome so fucking cool so fun like wearing the mask they had a flag they brought out also the music was fucking phenomenal the sound was awesome the vocals were awesome the crowd was so into it the crowd yeah Go ahead, talk about the crowd. I don't. So I don't know the specific songs that they like started moshing and stuff, but I mean, 
it's like these were young kids too. I mean, so many had X's yeah. on the back of their hands. Yeah, so under twenty one. There was only a couple that I saw with drinks, so I know that most of them are young kids. So just like any other concert, um, you have your like circle going, except for instead of having it in like the middle, it was right by the stage. And um, there's actually a video that um, Dash of the Titans post, and like one of the kids just gets thrown into the stage. And I was oh, just really? like, I was like. Ow, that would hurt. But oh, he's young; he's gonna bounce yeah, back. Exactly. Didn't even fucking feel <laughs> probably it. Probably not. Probably not. But um, yeah, like for these young kids who you think that this music is for older people or old guys, like you've even told, told by family members, like you're too young to listen to Metallica. I I have. We went to a Metallica show, and like my mom was like, Metallica. They were fucking playing music when I was a kid. What are you doing listening to them? Like it's just, like. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It it was awesome to see these young kids out having a great time. 100%, yeah. I loved also, like, to have them show up. Like, there were so many wearing Metallica, Slayer, um, like, wearing the shirts. And, like, one girl was, like, dressed like she was going to a Metallica concert. Like, she had her Metallica shirt. She had her boots. She had, like... You're, like, fishnets and they're, like, all that shit. Yeah, like, and then these... Um, young kids in these Slayer shirts and everything. I was just like, this is amazing that they're like showing up for this, first of all. Um, and then also that they're going so hard during these songs. I, I don't know. I just thought it was amazing. Yeah. I I agree. And it, it was easy to tell early on that this was a fucking phenomenal crowd. This was going to be a blast to watch. The band was fucking amazing. And we talked about this before. It's like this cyclical energy of the crowd feeding off the band, the band feeding off the crowd. Fuck, I mean, Eric jumped into the crowd and grabbed the rail, rail in quotes, the, no, this the was, stage. This was Matt. God damn it. Fuck, sorry guys. <laughs> uh, Matt jumping off the stage into the crowd, yeah, grabbing onto the stage and just fucking like just head banging, banging the, with yeah. the kids. Yeah, that was so cool. Like, and then they just grab gravitated to that, and they fed off him, and he fed off them, yeah. and the band up on stage playing, like everybody fed off each other, and it was so fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, there was a couple songs like I know "Seek and Destroy" is one. Um, there was another song where like basically it was like a. Like, I mean, granted, the crowd is right on the stage. There's no rail. There's no nothing. But, like, Matt was, he would be, like, um, singing, and then he would, like, put the mic out to somebody for them to be, like, and destroy. So many songs he did that. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that was so, so much fun. And it it is. It's, like, bringing the crowd into um, into the performance and then, obviously, Thrash of the Titans feeding off of that energy as well. Like, I mean... I don't. I don't even know how to explain it. It was. It was phenomenal. It it exceeded my expectations of what I thought they would be. Yeah. Or what what the whole experience of the night would be. And then they came out to the second set playing Slayer, and I don't remember when he jumped on the stage. Did all that? Same thing. Like it's all sort of a blur now. Even though it was just a couple days ago, all sort of a blur. But so much fun and Slayer. They killed that fucking shit too. Matt came out with. The fucking cuff of spikes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Like, so there was a, there was a, I don't want to say gimmick, but like a, a prop 
or a stage setup for every single every single act. Yeah. Yeah. Played Slayer, Slayer fucking kicked ass. You already said it. Band kicked fucking ass. Crowd kicked fucking ass. Everybody's having a good time. And they come out to Metallica. They play Ecstasy of Gold leading up yes. to Metallica. I loved that because that's how Metallica comes out. So Always. it was like, it was a perfect transition into Metallica. Yeah. And so like up to this point, like I said, and it had happened a couple times. I just didn't pick up on it as much as I did here. But uh, Yo-Yo again was off on the side, adding those special like sound effects, like playing that, yeah, as well as doing the smoke for all the other acts. Like it, it clearly they've thought this through of how they're gonna do it. Yeah, and like they didn't just get up there and jam like a garage band or whatever. Like they had a show and a performance to do for every single part of it. And like you said, it's and like you've finally brought me to the same side you're on is by doing that playing ecstasy of gold it's definitely tributing right it's this is the metallica part of the evening this is how metallica starts this is how we're starting our evening of metallica yeah yeah which i'll get into it now and and maybe now that i think about it maybe it's not as big of a issue and even then like if i had to give any complaint to thrash of the titans it's they played all four songs of a band or all five songs of a band back to back to back to back. Um, once you understand that structure of how that performance is going to go, you get to Metallica and you realize, fuck, I have five more songs, four more songs, and this night is over, which is a little disappointing to me. I don't want to like, because now my mind is thinking, Four more songs. What songs are they going to play? What songs are they going to play? There's only four songs. Jerry said earlier tonight they only play four songs for a band. They're coming out with Creeping Death. They're probably going to end on Master. That means there's two more songs. What are those songs? And in my head, I'm like trying to figure out what they are. And I know the next two songs are going to be Metallica, Metallica, Master, right? The next three songs. My only complaint is I wish they would have mixed it up a little bit and done like Metallica, Anthrax, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Megadeth, Metallica. You know what I mean? Mix it up. That way it's harder to tell when the night's going to be over. That was this a very, very small complaint in the structure of the show. But also, like I was saying, it is a tribute band. So this section of the night is a tribute to Metallica. Yeah. So by They're not a cover up, band where they're covering the top songs from... No, I get bands. it. I get I, it. I... I Hundred percent enjoyed how they did it. I mean, I don't care if they started with Metallica and ended with Anthrax. Agreed. I didn't care how they did it. I thought it was phenomenal how they and I liked how they did all Anthrax, all Megadeth, all Slayer, and all Metallica. I enjoyed it, but like I'm saying, is it's the only small complaint for me, or the only thing I, if I had to pick a complaint, was I can then pick the structure of the show and realize and start getting disappointed in the middle of the show that it's over instead of. All right, that's it. Sorry, guys, we gotta go, and then being disappointed, right? Oh, you couldn't see the um, Walmart clock on the wall that was count or that was telling the time. I wasn't paying attention to that. I was paying attention to the band. Oh, it was behind Jerry. So, like, whenever I look over at Jerry, I could see the oh. clock, and I'm like, I remember at one point it was like eleven forty something. I'm like, holy shit, I'm still awake, and it's eleven forty. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, 
extremely, extremely small complaint. And it's only if I had to give a complaint. That was my only complaint. Otherwise, yeah, coming out to Ecstasy Gold and like, all right, this is the Metallica portion of the evening. And then coming out to Creeping Death. Yeah. Oh, so fucking awesome. But no, like Creeping Death is like one of my favorite songs of Metallica's if I hear it live. Because once again, I love that call and repeat energy, right? And you get to that bass, like boom, like, and then it's just the crowd chanting, die, die. It took a little bit for the crowd to do that, I noticed, though. I mean. You and I were doing it. We were. I think the older folks were doing it, the young kids who may have never seen Metallica. Yeah. But once again, they don't know. Yeah. And it's. But then they got into it. Because of Thrash of the Titans and tribute bands and, yeah. and and just seeing Metallica like that you now know like Creeping Death is we're about to chant fucking die. We're yelling die at the goddamn stage. Yeah. Um that was awesome. What was the next song? I can't Um then Jared did his um bass solo, which I thought was a really good part. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah. So. I thought there was one song between that. No, because that was for him, the bell tolls. Right after that, yeah. And then so, Seek and Destroy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But I thought that was a really, really good tribute to Metallica because I know them. I mean, there's a YouTube of you watching with um, Jason Newstead playing a bass solo. And I know Robert does a bass solo, like or Roberto, however you want to say his name. Um, Rob, whatever. Um, so I thought that was a great... Um, I thought that was a great tribute to Metallica because I always uh, uh, um, attach a bass solo to Metallica because you don't really see that all the time. You really don't see a bass solo. And this particular bass solo was, what was the name of the song? It just says bass solo. Oh, does it? Oh, it was yeah. Anesthesia uh, from Kill em All. And like that just, that's why I call it like four and a half tracks, right? Because it's it's an actual track on that album. It's Lars comes out, bass solo, take one, and it's just Cliff fucking killing the bass. And then you have Lars coming with the drums at the end. And they did that exact yeah, same thing. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Which was fucking awesome. I thought that was really cool too. That they, I don't know. Like, they just did so good. Like, I mean, granted, we're talking so much about um, Metallica because we've seen... Metallica multiple times in concert, so yeah. it's the concert that we can kind of compare the the sets to. And for me, obviously, Metallica, and maybe not obviously, but Metallica for me is my absolute favorite band. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, Jerry's, I would go with uh, Megadeth. It's his absolute favorite band, and I think there's merits to like this band's better than this band. Like all four of these big four bands, anybody comes up to you and says. Anthrax is my favorite band. Megadeth, Slayer, Metallica is my favorite band. Anybody who says any of those bands, and any other band for honesty, right? If it's your favorite band, it's your fucking favorite band. Yeah, Enjoy who the cares music. who it is? Yeah. I would, but I would say, and you mentioned this earlier about how who they pick to go first. If you asked me who who the top in order the big four bands were, I would say Metallica's at top, Slayer. Megadeth Anthrax, the exact yeah. same order as this. Yeah, I think like they started with the bottom to the top. But what I was trying to get to is you can rearrange that order in whatever fashion you want. Fucking Metallica could be, could be on the bottom. And you could make a valid argument for why they should be on the bottom. I could honestly get behind any of those arguments. 
Um, but yeah, Metallica is definitely my favorite. So I gravitate to this music a lot more. And Jordan fucking killing Anesthesia. Yeah. Like fucking killed it. And once again, another one of those disappointments was like, fuck, Anesthesia is the song. It's one of the four songs they're going to play. But then all at the same time, like, fuck, they're playing Anesthesia. Holy shit. Good for you for doing this. Like, it was one of those mixed emotions of like, there's so many good songs to pick. And now, now there's not room for battery. Yeah, that was a little disappointment. But we also talked early in the evening with Jerry. Like, so they've got one more show this year in Lincoln. Uh, by the time this is posted, that show will be long fucking gone. So sorry, folks. Yeah, we're working on that. <laughs> we're, we're really slow at editing. We can talk for hours, but not edit for hours. Um, That's why it takes so fucking long. Yes. Because we talk so long. <laughs> uh, but then they're taking the winter off. And they're going to practice and start booking gigs for the next year. Sitting at dinner talking with Jerry. He said, we're looking to add more songs. Not only more songs, but even more bands. Yeah. They talked about adding dancing to the rotation, right? So then it gets, are you going to play for two and a half hours? Because now you have to add 30 minutes for dancing. Maybe they'll just do their own show with no openers and just play for four hours. <laughs> Maybe. I, that's a lot. These guys are older than us. And we'll get into it. Like, I slept for the next day and a half <laughs> just moving their shit around. And these guys are fucking, like, good for you. Like, I don't have that energy for some reason. But, or they just they drop one and it rotates, right? But part of that conversation was we're working on battery like we've played battery in the studio but i can't remember who somebody was like i i'm messing up on this one part or i'm not doing perfect here i don't want to play this live and that that goes to the tributeness of the band right well it goes to them as well that they're like they want to play it perfect they want to you know give Give it them their all and not just be like, eh, sure. It like, sounds good. Yeah, they'll it's fine. they'll know what we're playing. Yeah, you're right. It's we're giving it our all, and we want it to sound fucking amazing. And if it doesn't sound perfect, if it doesn't sound like one of these bands, if it doesn't sound what it's supposed to sound like, we're just not doing it until we get to that point where it right. sounds perfect. Right. And not only perfect once, perfect the second. The third, the fourth, the Yeah, they fifth do do it time. every weekend that they tour. Right. So it's not like, oh my gosh, we hit it this one time. Let's put it on the set list. Like, so, this, yeah, it speaks volumes to the band who created this fucking music and how good that and how difficult it is. But also, it speaks volumes to these guys of just being like, we're not going to half-ass it. We're going to go out there and give it our all. Give it everything we got. Um. So, I mean, and that, once again... Anesthesia, pulling teeth like it. Uh, I I'm a big fan of the bass solo and old school Metallica is Cliff. Without Cliff, you don't have old school Metallica and rest in peace, like a fucking god right there. And I think Jared didn't justice. It was it was wonderful. Yeah, it was it was cool. 
uh, then after that, it was it wasn't seek and destroy, was it? no, no, it's no bells. It, right? It goes into the bass solo into bells. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which, and, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I wasn't gonna say anything about bells. So. I was just gonna say, which was another fucking amazing. Like, as a Metallica fan, I should have seen that fucking coming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, because it goes right into it. The bass, like it starts with the bass, and it's like. Of course yeah. it's going to be that. Yeah. But I didn't think about it. I was just having a great time enjoying myself and not even... I was too worried about how many more songs do I get. Not about so in the moment. I think I understand this. You want Crash of the Titans to play a four-hour set of just Metallica. Not even that. I just don't want to know what's next. Oh, okay. I don't want to know, like, shit, Puppets is next. Now it's over after yeah. that. Like, yeah. I don't want to know... When I'm going to die. Yeah. I just want to die. And that's what this is. Is. <laughs> oh shit. I have four more songs to live. Type thing. Right. Like in my head. I that's know what you're saying. Is. Yeah. Anywho. Bell's fucking awesome. Great pick to go next. And then. Goddamn. Seek and fucking destroy. Of course you got to play that. Oh. They didn't. Oh. What? No. It was so awesome. I was, oh. I, I thought so you were happy. like so mad about it. No. It's so great. Like. That was one of my favorite memories of the night was Seek and Destroy and watching those kids. And, like, there was one kid that, like, when Matt was, like, having him say, like, destroy, like, one kid just, like, pushed his friend up there. Like, yes, you do this. Yes. Like, oh, it was so awesome. And when you mentioned Matt earlier, like, just going to the crowd, like, you, it's your turn to sing the lyric. That's the moment I remember. Yeah. It's just, like, and they fucking loved it. They ate it up. All yeah. those kids. Like, yeah. Thank you. Like, this is the next generation of metalheads, right? Is these young kids coming out to this kind of shit and just... Oh, it's it's so happy to see. Like, you have to see the younger kids because, I mean, obviously there's the normal mainstream music. We're not into it, but, like, I feel like that's what everybody's into. So when you see... And we're saying young kids. These are college-age kids, but, <laughs> but they're... 15 years younger than us at least. Um, but to see them go so hard with this music, it's like amazing because it's like we need you or, you know, like metal needs you so that it can keep going after we're too fucking old to do it. Like, and then your kids can do it again. Or, you know, like it just needs to keep building. So Yeah, and then obviously the last song. Thanks to Stranger Things and just being a fucking amazing song. All two songs of it. Master of Puppets. <laughs> fucking, fucking Master of Puppets. Yeah, that was... That, Master of Puppets was really fun as well. Like, I always like Master of Puppets, but... I don't know, the energy... Like, even though it was two hours in and the last song of the night, it's like the energy was still there. Like, everybody was still going. And it was, it was really fucking amazing. So awesome. And I can't, honestly, it's kind of a blur now. I can't remember if, you know, Matt's like, this is going to be our last song of the night, whatever it was, but it was the last song. I think he did mention something about again, like, closing it with Master. Thanks though. for all the bands who came up here, blah, blah, blah. Like all that, like it's, it's a community, not only of musicians, but the fans and the band itself is a community, right? Like. We're here to have a good time. We're not here to hate. We're let's just love each other and have a fucking amazing time. 
it was it was great i loved every fucking moment of that that was the end of the concert light the at the concert (laughs) not of our night lights come on the crowd slowly starts to disperse and then it's the whole act of let's bring the shit on stage that felt like there was a little bit of a lull I left at this point. By yeah, the way. You did. I wasn't there. The there was a little bit of a lull. People weren't tearing shit down just yet. Um, Matt had jumped down. He was talking to fans, talking to people, and then eventually people started tearing their shit down. And I started grabbing the boxes from the back, doing the other part of the roadie. Now we had to tear it down. Oh, your roadie again? Yeah, <laughs> pulling the shit from the back to the stage, back to the stage, and. Then taking when they filled up like the guitar boxes or whatever they filled up from the stage and just making a pile of shit on the side. And I I didn't want like people to be like, oh, well, thanks for doing this, Brian. Like we're like, part of me is like the band's job is to put on a fucking killer show and then go and greet the fans. Like yeah. we said, like these young kids, like, if they've never been to a metal show before, like this is their first experience. This is awesome to like get that close to the band and after the show, hang out with the band, yeah, talk yeah, to them. That's so awesome. And they took the time to talk to them and just meet with people and interact with them. And that was so fucking cool to see of just like, you know, that pay it forward mentality type thing. Like you have to start somewhere as a new fan and, having the acceptance and of the indoctrinated people or the, you know, the people who are already in, in that circle, just open arms, like, come on, there's more room. Come on in. Let's have fun. Like that was fucking phenomenal to see. Got all the shit off the stage, loaded it up onto the floor, then carried it all out to the trailer again. Um, and I asked this earlier, like we were loading it all out to the, the trailer again. And I think I asked this earlier to somebody. I can't remember when we were pulling it off. I was like, you all have to get this back in that fucking trailer. It was packed to the fucking gills, like I'm saying. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's no problem. We got this down. It's like, really? You have like numbers on this shit? Because it's like Tetris. And they're like, Greg is the goddamn Tetris master. <laughs> and dragging it all out there again. Sure enough, he's there at the door. Like, I, I need a straight piece. I need a straight piece. Where Where's where's the, like, knowing exactly what he needs to go into what spot was awesome to see. And I don't know. It, by that time at night, I, I was a bit tired. Um, but just pick a box up, walk on out, tap somebody on the shoulder. Excuse me, please. We're unloading or loading. Carry it back out, put it in. They packed up. We said goodbye. It was like like two a.m. at this point. One thirty-ish. One thirty-ish. They still had a fucking two-hour drive home, mm-hmm. and then unload again. Like, sorry, I wasn't there to help do that, but there's no fucking way I was making it to that <laughs> at like three thirty, four in the morning. Like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah. It. It was so much fun. Like. The band was so accepting. The band was so cool. The And all the other band, like just seeing it all from start to finish was so much fun. Yeah. 
like I think going into it as I guess in my mind I was like we're going to support our friend watch his band play or the band that he's in play not his band he didn't, it's not his band but watch the band that he's in play and um you know like and then we'll go home for the night that was like my initial thought going in but for us to go be able to see the beginning to end process as well as have the enjoyment of being a fan well a fan um of their performance as well like getting that opportunity of seeing every single part of the entire concert process was amazing and something that I'm already waiting for them to you know get things booked next year and you know make it to another show even though we've already seen the show once like this is one that I will go see again that is that is fair right we had the luxury of tagging along and just helping out the band you helped out I did nothing sure helping out the band and then we got to be a fan at the same time we didn't have to go work merch we didn't have to worry about taking photos or filming like worrying about the overall career we just got to sit there and enjoy it like we had no other worries as other people you know did have to do and and handle those responsibilities so we got the best of both worlds we got to experience the behind the scenes and we got to experience the fan point of view which was all in all every aspect of it was amazing for me i i, I don't know what you think but this was definitely a close to the top experience for me for the year. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard. Like, we've talked about doing a year-end review, and it's going to be really hard to rank everything. But this is up there. Every aspect well. of it, 100%. And but it's so funny because when we left the concert last Monday um, with Bloody Wood, you were like, oh, this is the top concert for me this year. So, so I, and that's what I was going to get to too, right? Is I think there's a commonality here. The small venue. The small venue. Yeah. It's, it's more intimate. Like I remember when we saw Disturbed at the Vic and it's so intimate and you're so close and you're able, I mean, granted it wasn't the same because we weren't helping Disturbed put their shit together and we weren't helping Disturbed, but we are so, it's such an intimate thing to be in these smaller venues. And the crowds, I just, the crowds seem like they have so much more energy in these small things. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that's exactly what I was getting to is the small venues. And we need to think about that. They, they might, there might be something there. Yeah. I really want to check out more smaller venues here in Chicago. Just to, I don't know, see what's like. Hopefully we find some that don't go till. One o'clock in the morning, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 100%. This was <laughs> this was an amazing show. It was a fucking long episode. Sorry, folks, if you don't like that shit. If you do, awesome. Thanks for sticking around. If not, just fast forward. Yeah, just every 15 seconds, right? Or um, play it. I think you can play it on, like, oh, yeah, two times, two times three faster. times. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around. Um Go check out small bands. Go check out small venues. Like, we I mean, just discovered this. It's so much fucking fun. Yeah, and like both night, both when we saw Bloody Wood at a small venue and when we saw Thrash of the Titans, it was like, I don't know what Bloody Wood was, but 
um, Thrasher Titans was $15 for a fantastic fucking night of entertainment. And Bloody Wood was about the same. 20 bucks a ticket. 20 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have enough money to buy fucking lunch at work, like, take your lunch one day and see a fucking band. And and the community is, it's there for you. It's accepting. Like, don't don't be afraid of the community. This this shit needs you. You need, like, hopefully you need it as much as we do. Like, this shit's fucking awesome. So, thank you, Thrash of the Titans, for letting us tag along. Thank we're you. sorry if we were in your way. Yes. <laughs> Reddick, Wonkzilla, Gabe's, like, this particular show was so fucking awesome. All these people were so fucking awesome. Um, it, it it was a great time. Definitely try to try to get out there and experience this for yourself, yes. please. Yeah, do it. With that, hope to see you at another show. See ya.